Sometimes while traveling, you'll be hit with the thought, Wow, I'd love to live here. I've experienced it maybe three times in my life, and one of those times was when I visited the gorgeous Queenstown in New Zealand. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy having the stunning snow-capped Remarkables mountain range and Lake Wakatipu in their backyard? At that moment, I couldn't help but wonder, what is it like to live in one of the most beautiful countries in the world? Welcome to another episode of Banana Q Podcast. Today is another OFW origin episode, and this time our guest Ray, not to be confused with the host Ray who I'm usually hosting this show with, but this one is Ray with an R-A-Y, is based in New Zealand. He is also a podcaster though, but he hosts Nerdy Fans Podcast, where he and his co-hosts geek out on shows, movies, anime, and all things in between for the young and the young at heart. Hi, Ray. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dee. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for being here. We are very interested in learning about Filipinos who are living in New Zealand. Can we start at the very beginning? Can you let us know about your background in the Philippines? Yes, of course. So, I was born and raised in uh, Cebu City, so that makes me a proud Cebuano. Definitely, as you might have mentioned already, I'm a co-host of a Nerday podcast. So that means I love video games, writing, reading. That practically led to my university degree, which is a Bachelor of Mass Communication in Silliman University. So yeah, that's in Dumaguete. And even as a proud Cebuano, I would say that Dumaguete City still has my heart. Okay, so mass communications. So that means after you graduated, what was your career like in the Philippines? Were you a DJ or something? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Funny story. In MassCom, yeah, well, at least in Silliman, radio broadcasting is an elective, and I never took that elective. It's just not my thing, <laughs> to okay. be honest. Yep, but uh, back in the Philippines, like many MassCom graduates, or many graduates in general, I went to the call center first. So I was a call center agent, a customer service representative, if I want to be specific about that for Convergis Cebu. So that was roughly for around a year and two months. And then right after that, I moved to J.P. Morgan Chase Cebu and was a customer support specialist. That's a fancy way of saying credit card debt collector <laughs> okay. over the phone. So, you know, that was a fun job <laughs> in <Okay>. some ways. <laughs> that was my job then. And then moved to asset management in Lexmark, where also Glee comes from, my co-host. And then my last job in Lexmark and in Cebu was actually as a bid manager for our management services business. You might be asking why I've never been a journalist or whatnot, because, well, to be honest, it didn't pay as much from what I know. And definitely, I'm not going to take a job like that, and then I know my life could be in danger because, let's face reality, a journalist's job is not safe almost anywhere in the world, but then in the Philippines, the risk factor shoots up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is very sad, actually, because when I was also a kid, I also wanted to be a journalist at one point. Like I wanted to be <laughs> a writer, 
But again, yeah. yeah, I did not end up pursuing that because my parents did not believe that that was practical. Again, because money-wise, <laughs> right? And probably those yep, other definitely. things you mentioned as well. So in the end, I ended up taking accountancy. So why did you end up leaving the Philippines or how did you end up in New Zealand? What was your motivation? To begin with, one of my main motivations was really financial. You could even claim that that is one of the main ones, really. Uh, my younger brother, he took up hotel and restaurant management in the University of San Carlos. That's a uni there in Cebu. And his internship was actually in the United States, in uh, Nickelodeon World, Florida. Funny thing there was, he was doing part-time, flipping burgers and whatnot. Then I calculated what he earned as a part-timer, and his net was higher than my gross. And oh my gosh. that's very much an eye-opener. Like, I'm not putting anybody down, but listen, you're flipping burgers, you're sweeping the floor, making people happy, yeah. And then my job was more or less equivalent to a call center team lead. And I had to make decisions that could lead to wins or losses in the millions for Lexmark. And I was like, nah, that's not right. So definitely I was finding other options. The United States, of course, is rather was one of those options. Yeah, like most Filipinos, right? We wanted that American dream. We grew exactly. up on the American dream, I would say. And I have relatives there. So there was that thought. My parents were very much supportive. They were talking about it. But then uh, something else happened. You might say it was fate, but I was going to have lunch with a group of friends. And then going up to in Ayala, that's one of our malls there in, in Cebu, trying to have lunch there. And then we passed by a kiosk of an immigration consultant agency called Golden Summit. And they did exclusively New Zealand. Naturally, I ignored it because I was thinking, oh man, the expenses for that would be massive. And I don't have family here in New Zealand. But then a close friend of mine, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say her name, but she's like a mother to us. And she got the flyer, told the lady, like, Miss, this is not for me. I'm okay with my life here. This is for my friend. And remember, we're a group of friends. She specifically went to me and it's like, this is for you. Wow, so okay. I'm like, not sure about that. But long story short, talked to my parents. They were supportive. They said, you know what? We're happy to support you on this. And my mom's words, to paraphrase, I want you here, but I know you won't be financially independent. <laughs> so those were her words. After that, I went to Golden Summit's seminar, and their CEO, the licensed immigration advisor for New Zealand, he really said, sir, you're single. You don't even have a girlfriend. Whether that's a bad or good thing, that's up to people to decide. But he was like, you don't have kids. You don't have those kinds of responsibilities. New Zealand is for you. And it just stuck to my mind. So I decided, why not? As somebody who very much is a self-confessed geek or nerd, the pathway wherein I have to study first was appealing. So I took that challenge and, well, here we are today. <laughs> this kiosk was advertising that you needed to study, right? It's not moving there similar to those that you have point system based on your work or whatever. It's not like that. It's about studying. Yes, it's about studying. And I have to emphasize this very clearly, especially for people who want to come to New Zealand. When you come here to study, that is not a guarantee of either residency or even work. But 
if you study in New Zealand with a certain course level, like level seven or level eight, there is a corresponding work visa after that. So right now, if I'm not mistaken, if you take level eight, automatic, you have an open job search visa for three years after you graduate. That is with the assumption that you graduate. So you really do have to be a student again. Okay. For how long though? Because you already had a bachelor's degree in the Philippines. So for this, how long did you have to study again? One year. Oh, not bad. Ten months, basically. So when I came here, they suggested that I take uh, the diploma in business level seven. So a level seven course in New Zealand is very much an equivalent of your last year in a four-year course. So in many ways... I can claim that I have a bachelor's degree in mass communication with a major in business, oh, I would okay. say. That would be my designation, I suppose. Of course, a level eight is what they'd call a postgraduate right now. So it's very much equivalent to an, uh, a master's degree back in the Philippines. Again, I'll emphasize this. You really do have to study. So if you're coming here wanting that path, you are entering a master's degree territory. So if you're too lazy to do that, sounds mean. And sometimes I can be that person as well. Don't take it because you will lose your hair. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right. It's a good thing that you're a nerdy guy then. because that, <laughs> You could say that. That life suited you. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, but at least it's just a year. I mean, yeah. if people really want to move over to New Zealand and this is their only option... That's not so bad, right? You not just so bad. need to hunker down for a year, like turn off all your social media, focus on your studies. Of course, it's difficult, especially if yeah. you've been working for a while and have forgotten oh, how yeah. to study, right? Like for me, I remember even studying for IELTS, which is a simple exam. It took me so long to discipline myself because you've forgotten how it's like to, oh, yeah. okay, no distractions. I just need to sit down and just study for like, an hour or something and even that is so hard to do but yeah. you're right you need to be disciplined and it's good that you did because you actually graduated after 10 months as you mentioned yep definitely and just to let you know uh, again as far as challenges is concerned it wasn't hunky-dory the institution that i went to was not your run-of-the-mill institution so the studies were serious and with a business course that involves some finance or maths and I have another hatred for mathematics because I'm very oh poor God. at it. You know, I can do your basic plus minus and whatnot. But even then, I would prefer to use a calculator. But then to your point, yes, you will focus. If you need to shut down social media, then you shut down social media. And again, not trying to be the bad guy here, but I'm just being honest. If that pathway is not for you, maybe New Zealand is not for you. There are a lot of other countries, trust me, <laughs> that could be an option. Hong Kong is one, right? Uh -huh, You're enjoying yeah, yourself yeah. there, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, But I think this is a good way to get into New Zealand, right? Because usually if, if you want to move to other countries like maybe Australia, Canada or wherever mm. and you don't study, right? You do another path. You need like a certain number of years of experience in a certain line of work that is in demand in that country. And it's actually not that easy because believe me, I've tried. I tried getting yep. to Australia last time and it didn't really work out. So this is a good path if you want to just leave the Philippines and be a citizen somewhere else or not even a citizen. I mean, work somewhere else, right? Yep. So you said 10 months. Okay, you studied for 10 months. Uh, so this was in a school right a physical school it's not like online or yes. whatever and your classmates were they all immigrants like you yes so 
that pathway or the student pathway pre-COVID times yes. was <laughs> actually a a favorite pathway for many people, for many professionals to get into New Zealand. So I've had classmates who were not just Filipinos, but Russians, Brazilians, Mexicans. I believe that might have been the first time I've really met people from other parts of Latin America, like Argentina or Chile. So it was definitely an eye-opener and definitely made some great friends. And the good thing about knowing these guys is that as a Filipino, you feel some form of link because the Latin Americans are, I would say, Hispanic, if I'm not making a mistake there. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think. You feel that in many ways of how they act, we're pretty much, there's that link between us. And quite honestly, if Filipinos just spoke Spanish, we'd make very good friends with them. <laughs> yeah, if we only did, right? Unfortunately, we face that out. So we don't yeah, know how that's to do that true. anymore, which is... <laughs> If you think about it, back then when we were in school, we were like, oh, thank God we don't need to study that. But now I'm thinking, why not? I wish we had learned it, right? If we had been forced to learn it, then maybe we would retain a bit of it at least. Yeah, that would have been very helpful. (laughs) So after you graduated, how long did it take for you to find a job in New Zealand? Well, I'll be honest, it took roughly around three, four months, if I'm not mistaken, to be able to start my first full-time job. So... That's one thing you have to understand with uh, New Zealand. You don't come here expecting jobs to be handed over to you in a silver platter, especially if you came from uh, a student background. Like most New Zealanders, you really do have to go online, to go around, and to find work. And there was a time where it did stress me out to try and find work. Because here's the thing that you also have to know with New Zealand. If you want to be a resident like me, that's my end goal. You can't just choose any work. You have to choose a skilled job that's related to what you've been doing back in the Philippines and what you've studied. That's an and, not an or, because this is also something that I need to emphasize. When you take a course here in New Zealand, uh, like that one-year course that I took, it must have been related to your job in some way or form. Yeah, was it related? Because Mascom... Yes. Uh, I graduated with Mascom, yes. But my last job was as a bid manager. All right. That role of being a bid manager is very much related to Mascom, but in many ways, much more related to business. Okay, that's good. Yeah, in fact, bid management is sales support. You do a lot of research, writing, and whatnot, copy editing. That's one thing. And it, thankfully, because it's... I'll be honest... It's an obscure job. I don't think you've heard about it, <laughs> to, yeah, be, to be honest. Either, yeah. At first, I didn't think that I'd find it here. But then, lo and behold, there's quite a few openings. And one of them took a chance with me. And there have been challenges with the job, especially it's a new place. But then, the way I see it, if you hunker down, if you do your best, if you don't give up, it will sort itself. And I'm happy to note that I'm doing quite well where I am right now, career-wise. That's great. So you've been in the same company since then? Yes. The reason for that is because my visa is locked into that company and to this role. A good part about that, though, is that it nigh-on guarantees me uh, residency. So... I'm just waiting for our lockdown here in Auckland to end, and I can proceed and apply for my residency. (laughs) Oh, wow. So how many years does it take for you to be able to apply for residency then? Ah, okay. So in my case, it's just two years from when I receive my work-to-residency visa. Oh, wow. Okay. For others, 
if they want to go through the skilled migrant process, then that's where they have to do a point system. And that's when your work experience comes into play, your education comes into play, and that translates into points. So that depends on the situation. It could be as soon as you have the job and experience and you can start applying for residency, or you can go my route and wait two years. Right. Okay. So because you graduated there, that's why it's only two years, right? Just to give a background on that pathway, I came in on a student visa. After that student visa, I had an open job search visa, which was at that time, just one year, found a job and then converted that visa into a work-to-residence visa, which is for two years. Because you have that work-to-residence visa, that's why you had two years. And that means you don't even need to pass any point system. I don't even need to take IELTS anymore. Wow, which is good though. (laughs) Yeah. You've been there for... Almost four years. I'll be four years in November. Wow, okay. So you basically have an idea of what life is like there. Absolutely. Could you like give us a glimpse maybe of what is it like to live there? Maybe for just some background, I actually visited New Zealand a few years ago, back when, you know, the pandemic wasn't around. <laughs> I was not traveling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was there and I, I stayed like maybe a day in Auckland. So I saw the place like a typical city. The tourist spots are usually not in Auckland though, right? Yep, because it's, that's true. Uh, because it's like the business center. Yep. So Auckland is in the north. North Island, Island, yes. right? So we went and visited a few of the islands in the north and we went to see the Lord of the Rings. What is that place called again? Um, Hobbiton. Yes, Hobbiton, which is very beautiful. And then we also went to the South Island. So we also yep. saw the, what's the popular one? Queenstown? Yes, exactly. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yep, I fell in love with Queenstown. It is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like having Swiss Alps. Obviously, this, this wasn't the Swiss Alps. So which mountain are we talking about? The... Remarkables, I think. It's in your backyard, right? Like wherever you look, it's there. And it's very, very beautiful. And I fell in love with the place. And it's one of the few places I traveled to that I felt like, oh, I want to live here. Because it is really that beautiful. Because of that, I am curious then. Obviously, you're not living in Queenstown. But like maybe (laughs) Oakland, tell me about that. What is life like there? All right. So I'd like to just uh, pause on that one right there when you said it's a place that you want to live. So I feel the same way as well. And I just have to warn our listeners in advance that I can be very biased because my life in New Zealand, I would say, is that I am at my happiest here, to be honest. Ah, that's Even great. in Auckland, right? I feel that I am at my safest in New Zealand. I feel that I am at my most fulfilled, right? So with my life on Auckland, just as you have mentioned, it is like the city center here in uh, New Zealand. In fact, some people, especially those who've traveled to, let's say, Hong Kong, Singapore, or even the United States, one thing that I do have to note is like a lot of them would say that Auckland is the only city in New Zealand. Maybe. (laughs) Because everywhere else is almost like a rural area. Yeah. Think of Auckland as something like Cebu Light. And then everywhere else is Dumaguete or Tagbilaran. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Something like like that. that, you know. That being said... That contributes to why I feel so happy, why I feel so safe. You mentioned earlier about Queenstown having those beautiful backdrops of mountains and the lake. And while, yes, we do have some beautiful sites in the Philippines, the beautiful thing about New Zealand is that we've managed to preserve a lot of that successfully. 
regardless of which side of the political spectrum you are on in New Zealand, both parties agree that Green New Zealand is something that needs to be defended, improved maybe in some area, and definitely something that is being wildly touted. You're right. New Zealand is like a province if you compare it to the Philippines, like you said. But <laughs> the province of the Philippines are kind of depressing looking, if you get what I mean. But for us, New Zealand is so pretty. It's like a postcard. It is. So therein lies the difference, I would think. I agree with you. Even Auckland, look, to be honest, with a lot of born and bred Kiwis, they sometimes say that, you know, oh, when you walk down Queen Street, that's like our main street here. Be careful. There might be danger, some danger there. Quite honestly, I'm walking down and I'm like, no, there's absolutely no danger here. It's like, I know what danger looks like. (laughs) What do they mean by danger, actually? I'll be honest. There are some elements that could be dangerous. But if you avoid them or you don't mess with them, they don't tend to mess with you either. You can just walk by. Uh, And we'll be honest here because both you and I did grow up in the Philippines and have lived there for a long time. There are areas that we really are saying no-go zones for many people. We go there, we get shot for no reason than, you know, either robbery or because we're just different, we get shot. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean exactly. I think New Zealand is probably similar to Singapore or even Hong Kong Mm. in the terms of you can even go out late at night and not feel scared for your life or for your property, you know? Yes. Again, there are those bad cases. I mean, robberies do happen. Carjacking does happen. That's why people... Don't leave stuff in, in their cars here in New Zealand. People really lock the doors here in New Zealand as well, especially in the suburbs, because there could be, could be those negative elements. In some cases, I've seen those happen. But then again, I've felt, like I said, I've felt the safest here. I felt the most fulfilled here. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Uh, that's great. Aside from the safety that you feel, what's different about your life there compared to the Philippines that makes you feel that you feel fulfilled there? Is it your job? Is it because you can afford your own flat? Like, what is it? Can you tell us? The main point is really the financials. So like with many Filipinos who have the opportunity to leave the Philippines, we do so for financial reasons, right? Because we feel that jobs abroad like New Zealand, Australia, or wherever pay us more. And for me, it's such a great feeling that I can do that. I come here, I can afford my place. I come here, I can afford the luxuries that I couldn't afford back home. Like, just to give you an example, I bought a Nintendo Switch. Now, of course, that is an expensive purchase. See, I can just afford that, and then I can still eat, I can still go out, I can still have fun. I bought myself a new laptop. It was a good purchase for me. Back in the Philippines, even with my job, that job where I was like a TL level, if I wanted a switch, I would sacrifice my entire salary. <laughs> yeah, maybe more than one month's salary even. Possibly. And some of these little things, like just to give people out there an example of how different it is. In the Philippines, if you wanted a plan that was unlimited call, unlimited text, unlimited data, that's probably what, two, five, maybe 3,000 pesos, if I'm not mistaken? In New Zealand, for me to have those, it's $40 a month. Wow. That's the difference. Yes, you are tempted to say, well, let's convert that to peso. Okay, go ahead, convert it to peso. But I'm not earning in peso. And that's why I feel that there is that safety. There is that financial security. I can save. I can enjoy life. And one thing that's also good about Kiwis is that they respect work-life balance. 
if it's a weekend, most of them don't bother you. If it's your leave, most of them don't bother you. If they do, other people in the office will go like, no, no, that, that's bad form. Not supposed to do that. Let's be fair. In the Philippines, no. If work calls, work calls. That's how it is. <laughs> Singapore and Hong Kong are the same in that aspect. I think it's Asians who are bad at that. They assume that people still work <laughs> even beyond their office hours. I don't know why we're like that and why we accept that. I think it's so ingrained or embedded in the culture. But that's good that in New Zealand, you have that kind of culture. Because, yes, there's more to life than just work, right? Definitely. The blue-collar workers, they also work on Saturdays. Yes, there's really work that requires you to work on Saturdays. Nurses, doctors, obviously, right? They do work on weekends. But again, I do feel and I do see that they are, as far as New Zealand is concerned, they are compensated quite well. I'm one of those people who will support paying our nurses more in New Zealand. But the way they're earning basic needs and few luxuries, yes, definitely. In some cases, I think some nurses do earn more than I do. Nothing against that. Good for them. They should. That's what my next question actually was. Because in most countries, again in Asia, if you're a blue-collar worker, then yeah, you earn measly salary. Not even a salary. Yeah, it's not even a constant, right? So it's good that they can move to New Zealand or maybe to Australia. But the thing with the spaces is that other stuff is more expensive, right? Compared to, say, Mm. the Philippines. Definitely in New Zealand, the food is very expensive, compared to even Singapore. Yes. But then the difference is that everyone in New Zealand can have a good life. Yes. That means the divide between the rich and the poor is not as big as compared to like in Asia. No. The ones who are construction workers or whatever probably earn very little compared to people with cushy desk jobs, right? And that's good, right? Yeah. It's like a small sacrifice, I would say, because it's like for the community, Everyone is happy. There are probably less crime because not a lot of people are going to feel the need to rob you or whatever. Yeah, especially for those who have work. There's dignity in work. And what I really like about New Zealand is they respect that dignity. A lot of our laborers, construction workers, they do earn a fair amount of money. And if they start off as a laborer and then just earn that experience, maybe a bit of study here and there, they can get promoted to supervisor, manager, And that definitely helps in their finances. And New Zealand recognizes that kind of experience. Whereas, let's be honest here, in the Philippines, you start off as a laborer, you don't have the education, you're not going to be a supervisor. That's just not going to happen. Because the guy who comes in with a bachelor's degree is going to take that supervisory job. And I'm saying this as a happy white-collar dude with a four-year degree and a business diploma. I like that system. I like that mentality wherein we see these people as essential workers and essential to society and pay them accordingly. I suppose another reason why I came here is because of that mindset wherein in case in the future I have kids and they tell me, Dad, I don't want to be a boring writer like you. I want to do something cool like mom. So I'm already assuming the mom's going to be cooler than me. Okay. <laughs> I want to do something cool like build something, work, work out on the streets and work my body. I won't be using your job as an example of not going to school. I'll be able to say, that's great, son. Just make sure that the company you're joining has a good safety record because that's the part that's going to worry me, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's true. And also the healthcare is good there, is it? Yeah, healthcare is free once you're a resident. I don't aim to be sick, so I've never really had to deal with it. But with a work visa like mine, I think a two, three-year work visa, there is a discounted or a free medical options for you as well. 
that's the thing that you get concerned about, right? Obviously, yes. when you're in your 20s, you don't really care about these things. But now, especially with what happened with COVID and speaking mm. of that, right? New Zealand actually was one of the countries that was well lauded for how they approached the situation. Yes. Well, they locked themselves down from the rest of the world, which, okay, seems sad in a way. But then they have protected their citizens and the people living yes. there, residents like yourself. Did you have a few lockdowns in the beginning? Yes. So right now, we are in our strictest lockdown level, which is level four. And that was also the case when COVID began right around March of last year. Right after that, for the first wave, we managed to beat it, went to a lower level, and then eventually we had our freedom to move around. Of course, we just couldn't waltz into a plane and go to the Philippines because that's no, not going to yeah, happen. That. But as far as we're concerned, we're doing quite well. Right now, Auckland, uh, sadly, since it's, you know, it's a city center of New Zealand, we always take the brunt of the COVID issues. So we're in our strictest lockdown again. And hopefully it lowers down this week, if possible, because the Delta situation is progressively getting better. And yes, it can be annoying or stressful that, you know, we're locked down and whatnot. But then... For Filipinos like myself, all I have to do is pop in and look at the news of what's going on back home. Suddenly, 24 cases in a day doesn't sound so bad when you compare to probably two, 3,000 cases in one city. You could say I'm a religious person. Every day, I thank God for putting me here. There have been people saying like, oh, Canada would have been a better choice because they do pay more. And to be fair, they do. U.S. might have been a better choice because you know more American stuff rather than Kiwi. But then things just happen, and I feel like this is where I ought to be. I don't regret it. I'm at my happiest here and I work every day with the hope that New Zealand becomes home. That's really good. So that move that you took, in a way, you took a risk, right? Of course, you yes. have to spend money to get there. Would you suggest that people should take that risk if given the chance? If they are willing, and I'll be honest, if they have the financial means to come here, if they understand the risk, if they understand the pathway they need to take and are willing to take that pathway, then absolutely. If I'm going to go back to what I mentioned earlier about Canada paying more, the U.S. paying more, yes, that is true. Look, Australia pays more. A lot of born and bred Kiwis go to Australia, move to Australia because it's cheaper, it's easier to get a house maybe. But then for somebody like me who's been through that rat race already, and who's seen how tough things can be career-wise. Filipinos who move here to New Zealand and decide to stay, despite the better choices, quote-unquote, in other countries, it's because you come to New Zealand to settle and have your peace of mind. And I have that peace of mind here. I don't worry about criminal elements. I don't worry about a racist who probably wants to kill me just for being different out in Auckland streets. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist in New Zealand. It does. It is a problem in a lot of areas. But personally, I've never experienced it. And again, the way things are done here is just so peaceful that most of the time, police officers would not need firearms. In fact, if you see a New Zealand police officer with a firearm, then you know the situation is far more serious than people are willing to tell you. Those are the kinds of reasons that exist on why we choose to stay here, despite the supposed better pay out there. We're here because we're content there. I think that's a better way of saying it. We're content. Which is what anyone really aspires to. 
I would like to give you a chance to tell our listeners about your own podcast because you're a new co-host of a podcast, right? So can you tell us about what you and Lee talk about? Right. So I am the co-host, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of Nerdy Fans Podcast. And we talk about nerdy topics like anime, games, K-drama, and all the like. And we would love to have you with us on our show. Okay? We're still sorting out the schedules, but we'll be sending out topics and invites soon. Next episode, we will be focusing on the Witcher anime that just came out early last month, I believe. Yeah. I haven't even gotten around to watching The Witcher. So that's interesting. <laughs> All right. And then where can they find you on social media so that they would be updated about when you are releasing episodes and whatnot? For now, I believe we share our Facebook with Gleeful Talk Show. My co-host Glee is also a co-host of Gleeful Talk Show. In fact, that's my first show with her when we talked about the Tresse anime. For me specifically, I'm on Facebook. It's my full name. It's Ray Don Masangkai Lim. Not a problem. You can just search me from there. Nothing much there. But if people have some questions, they're free to ask. They're free to send me a chat. And I'll answer the best way possible. Maybe people want to move to New Zealand and you have questions about that. Hey, who knows? Maybe you would like to move too. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would because I was inspired by <laughs> what you said. All right. Thank you very much, Ray. That was a very interesting conversation about New Zealand. And that's it. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, D. Have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also like episode 37, do you have what it takes to be an OFW in London? Also, please consider following or subscribing to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening.